Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 232. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? Good. Um, I'm getting my first professional haircut in like... Three years, not Whoa. even four years. Okay, why the change? My wife's kind of like been pushing it for a while. I don't think she really is uh, that big of a fan of what I do on my own. It's fine. What I do is fine, but uh, and it doesn't look that great sometimes. So she kind of like, well, we you can you can just go go to this place. There's one place I like to go. It's not even close to my house. It's like an hour drive. She's like, just take the time, just go. We have a PD day on Friday. I'll I'll have the kids just go. So Mitch is going to get a professional haircut. Like hey. it's going to be a two-hour journey. I'm going to get it done on Friday. I cannot wait. There you go. Like that's a that's a little self-care day for Mitch on Friday. It feels like I, I'm here for it, buddy. I can't like, look at this. Well, obviously you at home can't see this, but Matt can. It's just a mangled mop of disgusting floppiness. I don't know what the hell's going on up here. It's straight. It's curly. It's up. It's down. It's uh, it's a mess. You look like later years Mark Hoppus right now. I will take that. That is a wild compliment. <laughs> I'm I'm floating right now. Wow, beautiful, <laughs> excellent. What's going on with you, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot. It was I was just saying before uh, we got started recording here that we are supposed to get snow this weekend, um, and I I just hope it's not a lot because it's my weekend off. I just kind of want to like relax, watch some football, and like not have to worry about moving snow out of the way. Well, then no better excuse to having a bunch of snow i was gonna save this for a social segment but i guess we'll get to it right now like so nbc says it's between two and 20 inches of snow yeah what the hell i don't know about you but like that's a really big i i, I know inches but like two to 20 is there's a big difference there that would be like if i said matt barzal is gonna score between five and 35 goals this year. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're right, though. Like, you know he's going to score some. You know scoring's going to happen. You're just not really sure how much exactly. So you're going to go, like, the least amount to probably the most. And they're like, yeah, that, that's good. Just throw it out there. What, what, do you th- the- what do you think the appropriate range is? Four inches? Like, four to eight? Something like that? That's probably... I feel like that's a fair window. Once you start getting to, like, six plus, I feel like that's a big difference. Yeah, because then you're going, why is there such a wild difference? Is it because if the winds change, the clouds might go somewhere else? All right, well, just don't put a measurement and say, like, could receive a big dumping and then explain why. Yeah. Right, you, you still have that sensational title without having to put the number down. Yeah, so uh, that was a funny one online, and I'm sure we'll get to more funny stuff in the social segment uh, and stuff like that. So let's hop into today's episode, Mitch. Uh, we're going to start off by talking about uh, seemingly the Islanders' inability to beat good teams because I'm looking back over their last stretch here from like December 19th on. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. That's a you know decent sample, and they win over the Flyers, the Coyotes, the Flyers again, Jersey, Edmonton. Okay, that's a pretty good team. Buffalo, but then the losses. Vegas, good team. Washington, good team. Toronto, good team. Um, Islanders have to start making up some ground here on you know the the teams that they're chasing, and it's getting to be that time where you got to start beating these teams who are in front of you. One hundred percent right. So uh, what is it? As of the twenty second, so that's before they faced the their most recent game. Anyways, they were two ten and three against playoff teams. Mm. Two ten and three. That is horrendous. You can beat up on all the lower teams you want, right? And they obviously have. But at a certain point, you got to be able to beat the teams, like you said, that you're either chasing or in front of you, uh, which I guess is kind of the same thing. They're in front of you, and so you're chasing them, I suppose. Um, and they're not able to do that. And that's a problem for a number of reasons, primarily because the Islanders are chasing a whole heck of a lot of teams. Yeah, no, that's for, for damn sure. And Especially the last couple of times, it feels like they're just not able to generate anything offensively. And maybe that's recency bias because I'm looking at the Toronto and Washington games. But, you know, that's kind of fresh in our mind here. And one goal in those two games. And both were against backup goalies, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it was Vanacek and Mrazek, right? It was definitely Mrazek. Well, is Mrazek a backup in Toronto? I don't don't know about that. Oh, yeah, I guess Campbell is a starter. You're right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, the both, although, like, it's the Islanders. Could we expect anything else but not playing well against backups? No, I know, but, like, if you're tr- saying, like, hey, this is a team that has gone to the playoffs three years in a row, made deep runs two years in a row, y- you got to put in a better effort than that, no? Yes, 100%, right? Like, you can't be like, oh, it's a backup, give up. Uh, you know, belly up and there you go. That's not how it's supposed to work. The Islanders are supposed to be a lot better against, well, anyone really. It doesn't mean that they have to dominate the NHL. I'm not expecting them to do that, and I'm sure no one else is. Um, but to be in a playoff position and be able to compete at least against these teams. When you talk about some of those recent losses like Washington and Toronto, and you're going, okay, yeah, they lost. But re- what's really important there is because losses happen during the season, specifically r- recently. Um, but it's the manner in which they're losing these games, where it doesn't seem like they're showing up for most of it, if not all of it. 
and you're going that that that's a big problem it's either the islanders aren't showing up for big games and i don't expect that's necessarily the case or i don't want it to be or two they're so they're just not good enough and so these teams make it look like they're not even trying and that's that's a huge problem if it's number two right obviously that is a that is a massive issue i personally am not ready to go there yet um obviously i'm not going to try to defend whatever you said it was two ten and three uh it's not pretty but um I don't know how a very similar roster to what you had over the last couple of years is just going to come out and look this bad. You're right. It's not. Well, we are talking about not significant turnover, but decent turnover, right? You lose Jordan Eberle. And and I know we're not all going to say like Jordan Eberle is not the reason they're losing, but it's the Matthew Barzell spoke about it recently, right? He's not able to generate any chemistry with his line mates. No. Because he's constantly changing them around. Well, he had that with Jordan Eberle. Now, I'm not saying that's a reason we should have kept Jordan Eberle, but it is reason for, you know, there should have been, uh, what's the word? Succession planning. There should have been some succession planning in place. Because they knew that he wasn't going to be there, or, or, or the chance, there was a chance that he wasn't going to be because they were offering him as tribute to Seattle. They knew that, all of them. Um so their idea would have been like, we need to have another guy that's got that chemistry with Barzell and Lee to go. And I guess they thought it was going to be Kyle Palmieri, and that did not work at all. No, not yet. And um, that's where, you know, I'll admit I was wrong about that. I thought Kyle Palmieri with his play style would fit in, you know, nicely there and nicely in the eye on their system because he's, you know, he's more physical guy than Jordan Eberle, which is, you know, it seems like that's the direction the Islanders want to go, but. Um, before the injury, just completely ineffective. And and you're right. I mean, if you just want to spend like a couple of minutes on this, the never-ending rotation, especially on the right side for Matt Barzal, is just so frustrating to watch this year. Yeah, which th- there's two things I want to get to on that. It is frustrating because you, you want to get some, some chemistry. But then the second thing is, there's been this evolution in, in hockey for a couple of years now where it's less about a line, so three players, and more about duos. And then you have a third kind of fluctuating kind of spot to, to depending on matchups, right? Where like, we're going to put this guy in now because we want to, you know, do X, Y, and Z for whatever reason, right? And so like, there is that fluctuation built into squads specifically recently and over the last like five years in the nhl this is the thing we don't run necessary three player lines we run duos and kind of mix and match depending on the opposition which should fit what the islanders are doing but like it just doesn't work no it, it just isn't and i assume that lee and barzal is that duo which fine like they i like the two of them together i don't want to move in there's lee off the top line he got a goal last night um but i just we got to do better than Austin Zarnick getting shots up there or Kiefer Bellows or God love him. But Josh Bailey, I mean, that's just that's not Bailey anymore, man. He's a middle six player. He shouldn't be putting, you know, being put in that position. Yeah, he's still effective, but you're right. Like, it's just it's just not working for Josh Bailey on the top line. And I don't want to say like they have to put Oliver Wallstrom in. That is the answer. If they do do that, it unlocks all of this potential, right? Like those memes online where like if Oliver Wallstrom goes to the top line, there's this like utopian future yeah. that is unlocked. That's not necessarily what's going to happen if they move him up there. Or, sorry, I'm not going to guarantee that's what's going to happen. But they don't know until they try it. And they haven't done it yet. And I don't get it. And and I want to say, too, I'm eating crow on, on the Kyle Palmieri thing as well. I thought it'd be a good fit. And it hasn't been so far. 
maybe once he's back, maybe that changes. But like, you've got to try Oliver Wallstrom at this point. You've tried Palmieri. You've tried Bellows, Zarnik. Uh, who else have they tried up there? Parise. Parise. And, and that's fine. That's a rewarding guy for playing well. Bailey. Like, we're up to five guys there now. Like, Ross, didn't Ross Johnson get a look at the probably. beginning of the year? He probably did. I, I might have just blocked that out mentally. I don't think I could have handled that. All right. So, like, we're, we're going with a, a rotating cast of guys to, to try to support Matthew Barzell and Anders Lee, and it's just not working. And the one guy we're like, maybe you should try him. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we can't do that. He does a turnover every now and again. Come yeah, it's, it does seem, I don't know, maybe a little hypocritical, but it's, you know, it's just a little frustrating. That's all. It is. It's frustrating that it hasn't, like, there, there hasn't been able to have that evolution with, with Oliver Walsham getting those, those, those minutes on the top line, at least consistently. He's played with Matthew Barzell this year. He's got, I think at the last time I checked, there's like some 30 odd minutes at five on five with Matthew Barzell this year. That's not a lot of time, but it's just about as much as Bo and Bellows had before the last game. Because I know Bo got some time with Matthew Barzell, so that's going to bump up his TOI on, at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, but there's, there's got to be a consistent effort to roll him out there. I, I just don't see why not. Yeah, no, I'm with you too. But I don't know. That's just a part of the, the frustrations right now with that. But getting back to the original topic here of, you know, which we're trying to figure out is beating good teams. But... Uh, to me, it kind of there's a correlation because I think it's needing the offense to go in those games, and well, you kind of need him there because uh, in the Toronto game, Oliver Walsham didn't even play; he was scratched. He was scratched. You're right, and they generated one goal in that game. Yeah, and it was off a crazy, you, you know, a shot from Zach Parise on the back end. Like, great, love it, love that Parise is producing, but um, nobody else did anything. No, right, and that's one play. Scott Mayfield runs like guns it like he's Aaron Rodgers from his own end, throws it backhand, and Zach Parise has I don't know what's what's a good wide receiver nowadays. I don't really watch football at all. I just know big names, um, and and Aaron Rodgers is in the news for all the wrong reasons, right? But e- either way, uh, Parise captures it and throws it on. That's the only the only play that worked. And, and then you you think of the Washington game; they got shut out, did they not? Yeah, two zip. <laughs> they scored one game in two. Well, sorry, one goal in two games, where they they were being tested by playoff opposition, and they couldn't muster much of anything as out of like a hail mary play by Scott Mayfield. Yeah, I mean that not, <laughs> and again against two backup goalies too in those games. So just not great. And I know like again there it's you know stiff competition. No one's saying you got to be you know the inverse and be ten two and three or whatever, but. I don't know, at least more competitive on a consistent basis. You're right. Like the record should be at least 500 against winning teams. That would be nice. Um, Now we have a couple of those games that there's a whole COVID thing on the road and so on and so forth, right? Like maybe some of those wins happened when they weren't or when they, I guess maybe they, they weren't in playoff positions anymore. I'm not really sure how that number is exactly tabulated. Is it as of now? Because maybe when we played them, they weren't. Like, how do you work that in? Doesn't matter. We know as it stands today, they're not faring well against good teams. They've they won three times against the Philadelphia Flyers, who haven't won in 13. So, yeah, <laughs> like I mean, they've beaten up on a team that's free-falling. But uh, it would be nice to get some wins against the Torontos, the Washingtons, the Pittsburghs of the world. And, you know, eventually you're going to have to start taking care of business here. Uh, you, you have... 
one, two, three, four more home games, but then you have a really daunting schedule after that where you're going on the road for four, come back home for two, and then on the road for five. Yeah. And, like, there, there's some good teams on those on those roads. Like, Calgary's a good team. Vancouver's on the rise. Uh, Edmonton is always a problem, even though, like, they're not, you know, in the, the best of sorts right now. And then when you get on the road again afterwards, San Jose's uh, not a great team, but, like, actually, I shouldn't. I just strike that from the record. Los Angeles is a good team. Yep. Anaheim is always a banana game, a yep. banana skin game for us. And then what's the fifth one? Colorado. That, that I mean, that has the makings of like a 6-1 barn burner. I mean, obviously yeah. you hope not, but you look at earlier in the year how they were playing and they were getting their doors blown off by, you know, Carolina and Florida, you know, a million times. So, um, yeah, not great. Or maybe it'll be a one nothing Anders Lee goal, right? Isn't that the last time that they played on the road? The last time the Islanders were in Colorado, Anders Lee scored the only goal in a one nothing game? That'd be a really good memory if so. I don't remember, but... I feel like that's what it is, but you know my memory is really bad, so like don't trust me on that. I'm sure that happened at one point, but maybe it wasn't the exact last time when they were in Colorado. There we go, love it. Um, anything else on just having to beat any of these quality teams? <sighs> just please do it. <laughs> like, there, there's no secret, right? They, they they have to play the right. It's not like you need to do something wildly different. No, like when those two games that we're talking about against Toronto and, and Washington, you just didn't show up. Just, just show up. I don't care if you lose necessarily, as long as you show up. If you showed up and still lost, then I could be like, it sucks, but like you played well. But you can't say that against the, uh, in those two games against the Leafs and the Capitals. That's wow. the problem. 100%. That's the issue. So uh, if that issue doesn't get resolved, Mitch, they might be forced into a little bit of a retool situation. So do you want to talk nice. through uh, that scenario a little bit here? Let's talk retool. So you wrote something about it and, and walk me through it. I read it, but walk me through it anyways, because I think there's some details that need to be shared on on mic and not that maybe not are easy to translate over written word. Absolutely. So this is under the assumption that like, okay, you get to the trade deadline. Islanders are way too far out of it and you want to, you know, get, get some pieces in uh, for guys on expiring deals and then obviously try to get better in the offseason. So First step I did was look at the roster and say, okay, who is on an expiring deal that is probably expendable? Two names came to mind, Zidane Chara and Zach Parise. Love Zach Parise. He's been really, really good. He's been producing a little bit lately, but at his age, you probably flip him for a contender, and that's what I ended up doing. So I moved, let's see, Parise I sent to St. Louis for a 2022 third. And then I gave Zidane Chara the Andy Green treatment where I traded him for a second rounder that was the following year. Uh, like, if you remember, it was Lou gave up, what was it? I guess a 2020 second round pick in 2019. Yeah, he gave up that and David Quenville. But I think the David Quenville was just moving a body to add a body type thing. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I moved, I don't know, I think I moved him to Toronto because they're a team that could always use defense and i don't know maybe someone who's been there and actually won a little bit before in the playoffs (laughs) them some good uh so there's there's a little bit of thought process behind that so you got a couple extra picks in here because you then you might have to you know move uh some picks in order to get some pieces in here uh so what do you want to do next re-signings i guess re-signings yeah okay who are you re-signing uh 
Clutter, I think they bring back. That's why I didn't trade him because I, while yes, I think theoretically you could put Austin Zarnick on the fourth line in the right wing spot. I don't think that's what the Islanders are going to do. So I re-signed him for 1.5 million against the cap. I re-signed Robin Sallow to a bridge deal, a bridge deal at veteran minimum. I re-signed Aho for a one-year deal at minimum. Dobson at a two-year bridge deal at two and a half million, which was roughly what Pollock was on for his bridge okay. deal. So that's kind of where I got that number from. And then Zarnik, uh, eight mil, uh, eight million. Oh my god, eight hundred thousand AAV. <laughs> and then Kiefer Bellows, I re-signed at a nine hundred thousand AAV um, on some re-signings. Uh, Walk. I don't even remember off the top of my head who I let walk then at that point, but I don't know if that really matters for this. Probably not. So like, okay. So what does your team look like then going into that season? Oh, we didn't, we know we still no, we didn't still make have, the, yeah, I still have, I have, there are some two, gaps here, two trades and two more signings to do. Okay. So what are your two trades? Yeah. Okay. Varley to Edmonton for a first in 2022. Okay. And a first-round pick in 2022, Anthony Bovillier, Atu Ratu to Arizona for Jacob Chitron. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. So you got Chitron in the fold. Varley's gone. So you've got definitely a gap in net. You've got a gap up top, right? Or at least in your top six, you've got a gap now because Bo's gone. Um, you've got depth gap because you you now uh, Parise's gone. Um Char is gone, although I guess you kind of fixed that with Robin Salo sticking around. Uh, okay, so then who are you signing? Uh, I'll start with the lower one first. Uh, okay. Craig Anderson to be the backup on a $1 million oh, wow. deal. I know he's up there in age, but Lou likes his yeah. veterans. And he's <laughs> That's still, true. I think he's playing to a 921 save percentage this year. Uh, so he's still playing. With Buffalo? Really? Wow. Yeah, 921 and 2.50 goals against. He's been really good. Um, so I think he could be, you know, if he starts... 25 games and Sorokin gets the rest, then fine. Uh, and then Johnny Goudreau is the big splash. Ho! Oh. So I went uh, $8 million AAV over seven years because that's supposedly what he's looking for, around $8 million. Maybe that goes up to 8.5. Um, but still, I would have room uh, with those signings and trades and stuff. $2.1 million remaining in cap space. And uh, lineup. You, give me, you want me to give you a lineup here? Yes, please. Okay, so I went... Goudreau, Barzal, Wallstrom as the top line. Lee Nelson, mm. Palmieri as the second line. Bellows, Pajot, Bailey as the third line. Martin, Sezikis, Clutterbuck. Pellick, Pulak, Chitrin, Dobson, Sallow, Mayfield, Sorokin, Anderson. Yeah. So, I love it. Love it. Um, get it. If we can get Johnny Goudreau at $8 million, that's great. I saw some comments online like, why are we waiting to sign free agents? Lou Lamarillo doesn't pay people. Do they forget that he tried to sign um what's his name Panarin? Artemi Panarin. Those those Ryan told me when I when I mentioned that to him, he's like they tried to make Panarin the highest paid player. Like, yep, you're right. Yeah. That's true. And like lose also the guy like I haven't met a player I haven't overpaid yet. Those are words that came out of his mouth. And they were he took also, the Werthers out and said that. <laughs> and they were also offering John Tavares eight years at what was it eleven and a half? Yeah, they they were willing to pay. They are willing to pay. Anders Lee. Anders Lee is making $7 million a year. He, They did not want to give him $7 million, but they did it because he's the heart of the team. Uh, and so they're like, whatever, we'll overpay you for years, Anders Lee. <laughs> but, I mean, they had to. Yeah, well, I, I, 
I'm not against it. Like it's just the, the narrative that uh, that Lou Lamarill isn't about to shell out a bunch of money for free agents is wildly inaccurate. Uh, the, no, it, well, there's you, anecdotal evidence against that. What are you What are you going to do then? If you if you miss if you're on track to miss the playoffs less, this year, because that's what this uh, this retool plan is under the assumption with that they're just you know meddling and they're going to be you know miss the playoffs, not be like a bottom bottom team like a uh, Ottawa or Buffalo or someone like that, but. You're going to miss the playoffs because the Metropolitan's really good. You have three really good teams in the Atlantic. Um, so you get in a couple extra draft picks and then you go hard in free agency because you're not going to then say, okay, you're going to run it back. And Lou certainly isn't going to blow it up, nor do I think he should blow it up. So I don't know, that, that your only other option then is to retool. Yeah. I, I, look, if you're spending $8 million and you still have $2.1 million worth of cap space, that means that your window to get Johnny Gaudreau is like, let's say, seven and a half to nine and a half. You can operate within that window comfortably and you're landing a premier forward. Like he's what I don't know where he what where he is now in terms of scoring, but I remember the last time his name came up in trade rumors, he was like 10th in terms of production. He's over, a point, he's over a point per game this year. Like, that's insane. I think 16 that's goals. so good. And why wouldn't you want that? And he's not crazy old, right? He's just 28 or something 20, like that? He's 27, will be 28. So then if you give him seven years, it'll be until he's 35, I guess. But, I mean... That's... Whatever. Yeah, well, whatever. Like, that is... You deal with that then. That's fine. Like, you might not be in it then anymore, and that's fine. That's when you deal these guys away. That's what every team does. Every single one. You retain a couple million dollars, you take a hit. If he can win you a Stanley Cup or help you win a Stanley Cup the following year, it'll be worth it. Right. That's that's the point. And look, I don't even I'm not even at the point yet where I'm saying, okay, the Islanders even have to retool because I still think that there's an outside chance you could get yourself into the playoffs, you know, this year. But and yeah, it's optimistic to say that I want the Islanders to land Goudreau and uh, Chitrin, but. I'm just, I'm just saying it's not the point of this more so was that it doesn't necessarily have to be doom and gloom if they miss the playoffs this year, that it's all over and that the window's completely shut. That was more so the reason behind the article. Right. And, and, and that's really where we're at right now. It's like we're looking at our options. We're canvassing or surveying the uh, the landscape to be like, OK, well, what can we do as, as the Islanders? Go for it is where we're at right now. We're still trying to go for it. But we've got till March 22nd, I think, is the trade deadline day to figure out if we're going for it still or not. And then if we are not, which, you know, to be fair, might be the case, then it's yeah we retool. Because, like, the Islanders aren't in a, you got to blow it up and start over, baby. It's no, like, ah, we hit a bump. But we just need a bit more quality, specifically up top. And by quality, I don't just mean like we need another like middle six guy to add to it. No, no, we need a top tier player. And if you get Johnny Gaudreau, you're getting a top tier player. Since 2014-15, when he started his first full year, he is eighth in scoring in the NHL with 541 points. Yeah, I mean, that that fits the bill, Mitch. And I really think there's a good chance that he hits the market. For whatever reason, it just seems like, one, his name is always brought up in these rumor mills. And then number two, like, if an extension hasn't gotten done at this point, you start to worry a little bit. And I don't know. I think there's a good chance that he does hit the market. Absolutely. And everyone has said, like, he's going to go to Philly. 
What you think he's going there now? Yeah, because he's originally from New Jersey, and maybe I don't know if he's from South Jersey and closer to Philly. But is New Jersey a destination yet? They got to figure out goalie first. That's their main issue. Forget about trying to bring in a, a forward right now. Um, I I think it's a fit, and clearly the Islanders are going to have money to play with, so they could they could swing it. And they're an attractive option. Like the, yeah, they had a down year, but they went to back-to-back conference finals. And then you add Johnny Gaudreau to that mix. Does a Johnny Gaudreau look at that and say, "I can make this team better"? And this, it, all this team needs to get better or to to get over the hump is someone like me. All right, I'm in. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, and again, I know it's a little bit on the optimistic side, but I, I, again, I just don't think it ha- has to be doom and gloom it's all over if they were to miss the playoffs this year no i i really don't think so i think there's a good option here with with retooling and um these are good things to look at i i think look johnny gaudreau isn't the only option out there i think that's a really really good one but when it comes to the free agent market there's going to be a ton of players out there so if you miss on johnny gaudreau Try the next one. There, there isn't going to be like one guy like Artemi Panarin hitting the mark and be like, got to get that guy or else that's it. And there's going to be a few guys out there for the Islanders to kind of like, all right, well, let's try this guy instead. Yeah, so I think they'll be active. I expect them to be active because they actually have money to spend for a change. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a huge deal. Um, it's just going to be absolutely nuts uh, n- next year when it comes to the free agent market. Like, you just look at it, and Johnny Gaudreau's name is the first one that comes up, but like then you got Phil Forsberg. That's another good one. Uh, you'd sign up for that. He's around the same age, too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. He is 27 years old. Okay. Johnny Gaudreau is currently 28, so that's huge. And Forsberg, 34 points, 31 games. Not as good as Gaudreau's 48 and 37, but still something there. And then you got Thomas Hurdle, 37 and 42 for a really bad you know, San Jose Sharks team. He's also 28, plays center. So, you know, if you need another center, put him out there. If not, put him on the right wing. Yeah, he's pretty damn good player. He's played the wing before. Yeah. And I've I've heard I've seen like maybe Timo Meyer is available. That would be more of a trade, but right. when when you get to the actual free agent market, those are three players that I would look at. That you you fail on the one, cool, go to the next one. Fail on him, go to the next one. You're going to get one of them. Yeah, I think I'd really like Goudreau or Forsberg. Those are, are my two with the preference of Goudreau, obviously, but they're going to have big markets. A lot of people are going to be in on them, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's worthwhile to take a look. Nazem Kadri is apparently also going to be a free agent. You think he leaves Colorado? Probably not, but like no. with the season he's having, yeah, but they don't need a center, but yeah. So, right, we'll fifty-two points, thirty-seven games. Oh, everyone puts up points there, so that's true. <laughs> Um, so anything else on my retool plan or you want to get to down on the farm? Let's do down on the farm. So I think we, we've, we've set our piece on the retooling. We, we know what the, the whole point of that was, is just giving us another option in case. Absolutely. So let's see down on the farm. Who's cooking along in prospect world. Well, I, I, there's not a whole lot going on right now. Players are starting to get back into it. There's still a lot of postponements. Um, and, and the, the usual is Aturatu's putting up points, doesn't stop putting up points. So I wanted to do something a little bit different right now. And I wanted to go over the farm system position by position and give like the top player per position or pop pl- top players. Because I chart where players are going based on NHLE week by week. So I calculate the NHLE, 
and week by week I, I save it and I look at how they're growing every week. And for certain positions, you can see there's a clear golfing class where there's like these guys are there and then there's the rest, right? There's the field afterwards. So l- let's talk about those guys per position. And when you start by, by talking about hockey positions, the first one you always go to is center. It's the most important position outside of goalkeeping. And for the Islanders, it's Ratu, Koivla, and Ishkakov, or Ishkakov, one, two, and three, in my opinion. Okay. That's a good And sign. so what's impressive about that is you've got Otto Koivla, who's absolutely destroying the AHL. Maybe not destroying, but doing very, very well at the AHL level this year. And Otto Ratu is doing the same thing, much younger than, than Otto Koivla, at a lower caliber in the, uh, in the uh, Finnish Liga. So when, when Aturatu gets over to North America next year, look out, look out. He's already at the same level as Otto Koivla is right now. So, I mean, theoretically, Bridgeport will get a lot better down the middle next year, right? Right. You assume Otto Koivla sticks around. You know, I don't. I assume he's still an RFA Yeah. if he's uh, even just up for a contract. I think he's up this year. Trying to bring it up right meow. Otto Koivla, he is up this year, but he's only 23. He'll be turning 24 soon, is it not? Oh, September 1st. So by the start of the year, he'll be 24. Otto Ratu is 19. Um, so, and he's already just as as effective, uh, as efficient, I should say. That's good. Love that. Uh, moving to lefty, just because of, that's kind of how my graphs work anyways. Um, lefty, you have Robin Sallow, top of the pops. There's no question about it. And then Parker Wertherspoon has been rising up pretty quickly recently. Okay, that's a good sign. A little surprising, but I'll take it, obviously. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up, because when I was looking at my graphs, there's this yellow line that goes right up from the bottom, and I'm going, who the hell is that? And it's Parker Wertherspoon jumping up going, all right, what the hell happened there? Because you don't expect Parker Wertherspoon to be up there. It's not that he's not a good player. It's that my my charts and my graphs and NHLE is really relative or are based on, I should say, uh, production per game. So your production rate matters. And as we know with Parker Wotherspoon, he's not a producer because he's a defense first guy. But over his last couple of games, he's starting to put up points. I'm just trying to bring it up now from the AHL there. Um, he's got like four points over his last like six games. For a defenseman, that's good. That's good for any defenseman. Yeah, he'll take it. Uh, on the left wing, it's Kiefer Bellows and no one else. It's not even close. It's okay. not even close. And even then, I shouldn't even be counting Kiefer Bellows based on some some people's opinions. And, and that's fair if that's your opinion at home. I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm probably at that point where I wouldn't count him to be honest with you. I think he's been in the NHL too long. He's close. He's getting there. He's got to play in my system 64 games before I I you know I kind of forget about him. Um, and he, he's getting there, but he there's no one else even close to him. Okay. On the right side, it's Grant and Hutton and no one else. <laughs> Figured. Which is rough when you consider Bodie Wilde is a right-handed defenseman. Um, and he's not even close to doing what uh, what Grant Hutton is doing. You, we all thought that maybe going to Sweden, not that he would dominate, but do well. And he's seen his ice time dip significantly recently. That's not a great sign at all. I don't like that. No, not good. Um, so like not great going over in Sweden for Bodie Wild, but maybe once he gets back to North America, assuming he can come back next year, um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Oh boy. On the right side for forwards, you got Williams Fogg and Simon Holmstrom kind of neck and neck. Okay. They're 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 kind of like the Robin Sal. Sorry, not Robin Sal. Otto Koivlin and Aturatu uh, of the right-handed uh, group. Although there's only three, um, and that's impressive for. 
a Williams full stance because he's playing in a weak league. The QMJHL is not does not fare well in NHLE, uh, and so what Williams full is doing is about as good as what Simon Holmstrom is doing, and we're already talking ourselves into Simon Holmstrom stepping up into the NHL next year. Okay, that was my next question for you. Was is Simon Holmstrom looking like he can make that jump, or is it because he's struggling in the AHL? He's not putting up a ton of points. He's got a career year at the NH- at the AHL this year. He's putting up more points this year than he ever has. Um, but the thing for Simon Holmstrom that is going to help him is that he's looking good when he's not putting up points. Uh, and, and so that that's good for anyone, but it's specifically good for the Islanders because not only are they looking for points, but they're looking to see if a player can play the game and, and play a team game and fit that, that, that mentality that they have at the NHL level. And, and Simon Holmstrom definitely is up there. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to make the Islanders next year, but they're going to try to have him fit in next year if he keeps going the way he's going right now. Okay, I'll, I'll take that, obviously. I think that would be surprising to me in a way because, I don't know, I just feel like it's been a, a slow build for him. So if he were to make that jump, again, great. That means he's uh, overachieving my expectations, but um, I don't know. Do you think maybe ah uh, well I was gonna say is it because they drafted him but technically they drafted Dobson and Wallstrom too and they brought both of those guys on slow so never mind I just talked myself in a circle there <laughs> yeah they like to take it slow with guys and they knew with uh, Simon Holmstrom that they were gonna have to take it slow uh, and then you got COVID years so that already screws that process up pretty hard um, but he's really rounding into form again like career year eighteen points in thirty six games. It's not dominant. It really isn't. Don't look at that stat line and say he's not killing the AHL because he's not. Um, but it's his play away from it. And, it. and he was playing center the other day and doing very well. He was playing so well down the middle. So you've got that flexibility with this kid. He's smart. He's starting to skate pretty well too. Uh, and he's got, he, he just knows where to be. I'm not saying he's going to be a strong NHLer and like a top end NHLer. I'm not saying that. Can he play at the NHL level? I think so. And I think it's going to be as soon as next year for him. Okay, great. And then final position goalie, it's Jakob Skarik and no one else. It, it's not even close. Well, this is where I'm kind of iffy with NHLE. It's with goalies because I've kind of jerry-rigged the system in a way. Not maybe not jerry-rigged, but like I've kind of toyed with it to give me an NHLE for goalies. And I'm not 100% satisfied uh, just because uh, Henrik Tikkanen is kind of close to where Jakob Skarik is, and I would not put them on the same pedestal at all. I, I really would not. Okay. So maybe a toy with the, the goalies a little bit to get the formula cooking right. But okay. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Lennox had a rough day the other day, right? He's been having a rough season. Not, not because he's not playing necessarily that well, although I still maintain he's way too scrambly, but okay. uh, that, that's just me. Um but his team hangs him out to dry on a daily basis. They're not a good team at all, not playing well. And like he's having to make a lot of saves um, in not a lot of time. Yeah, so that's a tough situation, obviously. But I saw you tweeting about him struggling, and I thought I'd pop it in here too. Yeah, he, he definitely is. He's not having a great year. Um, I figured he was going to get a move somewhere, but they haven't traded him. I, I forget when the OHL trade deadline closes. I think it was already done. Let me let me find out right now. OHL 
Trade deadline 2022, please. No, not NHL. I want OHL. I know when the NHL one is. Um, doesn't say. Doesn't say. But I, I, okay, on January 5th, it was fast approaching. So I'm pretty sure it's over now. So he's not going anywhere, which kind of surprises me. With a guy of his caliber, mm-hmm. he, at least at that level, could have made a team that was struggling in nets a little bit better for a push at either an OHL championship or maybe a run at the Memorial Cup. Yeah. That would have been nice. Yeah. But he's not going to do that. He's going to sit in Saginaw where it's probably not going to go so well. This well, it's definitely not going well this year. So unfortunate. unfortunate. Yeah. So like, that's what I wanted to talk about today in the down on the farm section. Just give like the top end guys in each position, not every, not every player in the prospect pool. But if you want to know about someone, just hit me up and, uh, and we can chat about that person. Love it. Quiz time. Quiz time. So, like we do every... I start it every time with, like, so. I gotta change in my the way I start sentences. Either way, every week we have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. You have five clues to guess who this player is. Uh, they get progressively easier as we go. Are you ready, Matt? Let's do it. Clue number one. I have restaurants that seem to be named after me in Southwest Ontario. They, they aren't, but they sure as hell sound like it. Tim Hortons. Incorrect, um, but good guess. <laughs> Two, I famously had a white stick from the back end. Okay, next. Uh, I should just say I famously had a white stick. I may, I feel like that one complicates it way too much. Okay. Um, three, I was acquired for a third rounder in 2010, and I was traded away six months later for a second and a fifth. Oh. All right, next. Four. I was suspended for making a sexually charged motion to Sean Avery. I believe it was in the preseason. Oh, my God. Damn it. Who was it? Uh, five. My first, name's is, my first name is James, and my initial is W. James Wu. It was James Wisniewski. Oh, oh! I should have known that. So there, if no one got the first clue, obviously not. There's a chain of restaurants in southwestern Ontario called Moose Wisniewski's. Oh, I know that doesn't sound exactly like James Wisniewski, but like it sounded way too close to it when I first went to one. That I just thought James Wisniewski was going to show up every time I ordered a burger. I forgot. And he about made it. like a uh, like a BJ motion towards uh, Sean Avery in a game, and it got him suspended. Amazing. He was actually pretty <laughs> good on the Islanders. I forgot that he thirty two games, twenty one points. Yeah, no, and he had the white stick before it was cool, right? So the bottom end of his stick was white. It was called the ghost stick, I imagine, because it's supposed to, you know, kind of like go away or or disappear, kind of thing, become invisible when you uh, against the ice. Yeah. Really I forgot. Okay, much. I forgot about his. I forgot about his time on the island. It was six months, right? He was traded or acquired in June and traded in dis- away to Montreal in December. Yeah, quick stop. Hmm. So that was your quiz. James Wisniewski was the guess. Um, shall we go to social? Yeah, let's do it. What do we got going around on social media this week, Mitch? 
So first one here comes from uh, Puck Report. That's at Puck Report NHL. News, the NHL reverse retro program by Didi's Hockey is set to return next year per aesthetics or aesthetics. The program will once again involve all 32 teams with new designs, with some reportedly bending the definition of retro reverse. Matt, do you think the Islanders are going to bend the definition of retro reverse? No. How could they? (laughs) Can they somehow like just maybe change their blue color hex by like two letters or something and just like have it really close, but slightly different? You think they just roll up the same thing again? Yeah, it was here. 1998 to 2007, done. This is the 2006 one. <laughs> I, I kind of don't like that the reverse retro was only, that was the only jersey for that like one year, and then they're going to bring it back and do something different. I don't know. It's a gimmick. I don't, I don't care. Oh, it's all about yeah. trying to, it's, it's all about sales and whatever. The NHL is trying to make some money, and, and this is a way to do it. So good on them, I suppose. Uh, maybe make it a little bit more affordable so more people can buy it, but that's just me. You know, maybe you lose a two dollars per sale, but you make another four hundred sales. Kind of makes up for it, right? Yeah, theoretically. I don't. And if maybe you know what, if the Islanders one looked cooler, then maybe I would have bought it and had a different opinion on it. But I think it's because it was literally just a darker blue version of exactly what they have. Yeah, Lou's going through his closet like, uh, 1998, done, there you go, do that one. And they're like, well, we can design one. He's like, nope, there it is, already did it for you. <laughs> Here's, here it is, man. Just mass produce yeah. these and that's that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I hope they do something inventive and creative, but like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not uh, putting money on it, that's for sure. No, don't hold your breath. What's up? What else? What do you got there? First one is from James Nichols. He says... Don't look now, but Zach Parise has six points in his last seven games. And just wanted to show some love for our guy, Zach Parise. This is a pro Zach Parise podcast. And, uh, well, the production is starting to come along, and uh, we love it. Absolutely. We've said it's going to come for a while now, and we're finally proven right. So it feels good to be like, ha-ha, after like four months. Um, but he, it's not like he wasn't playing well in the lead up to this, right? It's the entire time he's been playing well and the entire time we're like, come on, some, someday it's going to happen. And finally, the day is here. I love it, man. He's been, as we said, he's been one of their more consistent forwards this year and the points are starting to come. So he's being rewarded for his effort. Got to love it. Absolutely. Uh, my second and final one here is from Anna, Anna Tassi, I believe I'm Sorry if I mispronounced that. And it's piggybacking on my first one here. I need the Fisherman jersey to make a comeback season uh, next season for the Isles. And that that's going to draw a lot of negative response, but a lot of positive response as well. Yeah, well, people, there's no middle ground. You either love it or you hate it. And I, I want it to come back so bad. I, I want this thing to come back. I know it's not going to happen. Uh, Lou Lamarill is not going to be the one to be like, yeah, yeah, do the fisherman after he did like, get here's just blue. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to work. Um, but I want to see something, just something. And, and I hope Anna gets what she wants out of this one and, and gets the fisherman. I'm not holding my breath, but no. maybe. What about a uh, like a modernization of the orange from the early 2000s? Right, like, yeah, take out that that old orange one that that the the only what primary orange one has ever been done, and and spin on that one. There, you don't change the logo, just change everything else around it. Yeah, Who just cares. Right, I mean, it looks dated because it's you know twenty years old now, but if you you know modernize it a little bit, that could be a cool concept. 
I'd be down. I probably wouldn't buy it just because I'm cheap and I don't buy jerseys. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people would. Yeah, there you go. My last one comes from David Pagnata. We know him as the fourth period. The Isles are 10-4-1 in their last 15 games. They are 14 points back of the second wild card in the East with four games in hand. That's a big hill, but they're climbing. So kind of just wanted to end on a positive note, which is kind of, you know, where we went in the retooling and, you know, in the first segment too. So kind of ties it together. Yeah, it's really nice to see them climbing. Hopefully they can keep doing it, but um, we've got some way to go. Before you do the plugs, though, I spoke about the Colorado Avalanche game a while back in the podcast, right? Ooh, and I yes. said I'd go and find it. I found it. It is a one nothing game in Colorado where uh, Anders Lee scores the winner. It's from Anders, uh, sorry, Devontae's and Michael Del Cole provide the helpers at 6.53 of the third period. But it wasn't the last time they were in Colorado. This game is from January 6, 2020. Okay, yeah, I remember. Okay, I now that you said it, I, I do remember that game now. It's yeah, starting to so, come back to me a little bit. I feel like it was a back-to-back, wasn't it? They were in Arizona the day before type of thing. And, uh, and they, they, I think they lost against Arizona. So we're all like, oh my God, what is happening? And then they pulled this one out. So I it's just, I have that, that inkling in my brain, which is, you know, the one memory that my brain can remember is random Islanders games from 2020. Yeah, no, it, it happens. Uh, that was pre pandemic. Feels like a lifetime ago. Um, it really does. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So let's get the plugs in here. Uh, wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review. Really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support there. Uh, you could follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could also join us on Patreon and Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. $5 a month gets you a ton of bonus content. For example, a mailbag show, which we're about to record now, answer a bunch of questions. Matt Spazero probably asked something really dumb, so we'll answer that. <laughs> uh, then we will get into the post-game shows. And then there's a Discord channel over there, too. So we take care of all that fun stuff over there. It's really it's a, it's a tight-knit community of Islanders fans, and uh, it's really cool. So definitely check it out. Uh, visit the website. That's the last thing, right? Eyesonisles.com. That is the last thing. For yeah. all your New York Islanders needs. There we go. So that'll do it, Mitch. Any final thoughts in this episode before we wrap? No, but Spiz definitely has a weird question for you cooked up in the Patreon. So love it. Subscri- if you're not you're not subscribed, just subscribe for Matt's questions alone. Perfect. That'll do it. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.